Hey, it's Richie, and before we start the show, we have a new sponsor to tell you about here on the Hockey Podcast Network, only for our friends outside the state of Arizona. You can download the DraftKings app right now, use the promo code THPN, and you can enter the free $55 million Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize of the $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN right now and you can enter that free $55 million Super Bowl challenge, DraftKings.com or the DraftKings app. Of course, DraftKings is the official fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. And who do you have winning the big game? The Chiefs? The Buccaneers? You can predict the winner and answer other questions like who will score first and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. And so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Once again, if you're outside of the state of Arizona, take advantage. DraftKings.com promo code THPN. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm losing my days of the week. What is going on with me? I have no idea. Um, I've just been analyzing icing rules and video for the past, like, you know, 20 minutes. So my brain is a little jumbled. But it is nice to talk to you all. Um... We are recording Sunday night, obviously, after the last Vegas Golden Knights and your Arizona Coyotes game. Um, And so we've got some stuff to talk about with that. We've got um, some TV news to talk to you about and uh, something really cool that happened on Twitch. So we've got a lot to get into in a little bit of time. So let's get everything started. As per usual, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, is joining me today. How you doing, Richie? Hello, Corey. Do do you like my NPR voice today? Because uh, last week it was you who had the really long day. Today on Sunday it was me. So like I'm half awake as we are recording this. I don't know if you can tell it in my voice. But we have some Coyotes hockey to talk about. So that will get me excited a little bit at least. Yeah, so the R right now in an NPR is NP Richie. <laughs> yes. Yes. So while Richie is NP Richie this um this show, we'll we'll get into some Coyotes hockey here in a minute. Um I thought we might talk first about our two little side topics, you know, to round out the show for this week. And the first one is that NBC is now saying that they are going to be pulling NBC Sports Network off the air and they will instead be streaming the sports that they were streaming on NBCSN. God, maybe they're pulling it because it has so many letters. Um, They will be streaming that now on USA. How are you feeling about this, Richie? Well, it's interesting. Uh, when it first the news first broke, I think we were kind of wondering what exactly was going to happen with the NHL and what was going to happen in terms of the relationship between the NHL and NBC. 
But like you said, it seems like they have a pretty distinct plan now of just moving NHL games over to mostly USA Network. And we now know that USA Network is actually in and available in more homes than NBCSN. I believe USA Network is in about 88 million homes. NBCSN is about in 80 million homes. So, granted, USA Network doesn't scream hockey, but it will give more people a chance to watch the sport who maybe don't normally aren't able to because they don't have NBCSN in their in their cable package. And that seemingly is where most of the NHL games are going to go. Whereas some of the more nicher sports um, are going to end up on Peacock. And that's the one thing I'm glad we're not getting is I'm glad we're not getting games like say playoff hockey on Peacock, right? Like, it seems like we're going to get this change is going to happen until the fall or the very end of 2021. So we won't have to worry about the playoffs being the NHL playoffs being affected by it, which is nice. Um, so as long as we're not getting more games behind a paywall, I'm totally okay with it. Um, we know that I think as we've talked about previously that NBC's deal with the NHL is ends after this season. So it's going to end in July and the rights for next season are still up in the air. And so what I think is going to happen here, and this has been speculated by a lot of people is that starting next season, NBC is still going to be part one of the rights holders, but the NHL is going to split their TV rights between two networks. So it's either going to be NBCSN and like ESPN or NBCSN and Fox. And they're going to share um, rights kind of like what the NBA does between ESPN and Turner. They have a lot of games on TNT. Um, I think that's what we're going to, we're going to see is we're going to kind of see that type of dynamic. And then we're going to see, you know, in the playoffs, maybe one network is going to be your Western conference network and the other network is going to be your Eastern Conference Network. So overall, I think this might actually be a good thing for for hockey fans. Um, Richie, I just got a notification, by the way, on my Apple Watch about that you earned an award for the January Challenge for uh, working out this month. So props to you. Um, and yeah, no, I if it's if it's going to allow for more people to watch hockey then i'm okay with it if it means limiting more hockey then i'm not okay with it because of the fact that in the end you know i i know that nbc is trying to consolidate and they're also they also have their peacock now and apparently there's nothing on peacock for them to um, advertise outside of the office because they have been advertising the office so insanely much but um it's, it's all good and dandy. And like you said, there is more people who can see uh, USA than, um, than see NBCSN. It's uh, 86.2 million to the 80.6 million. So there's r- roughly 6 million more that watch that can view USA, which is a difficult um, 
you know, in, in these times now where we all have streaming and whatnot and you have issues where, you know, like Fox Sports Arizona, no one that streams TV can watch Fox Sports Arizona. So you have a lot of those issues where this one carries these networks, this one doesn't carry these networks. And so you get into a lot of these issues now of of how many people can really feasibly watch these games and how many people can't because um, the network is basically screwing the streaming services out of airing them. So as long as it means more people can watch hockey, I'm happy about it. Uh, if it somehow screws the NHL out of um, streaming some ga- streaming some games, I'm going to be irritated because of the fact that the sport's still trying to grow, whether anyone likes to admit it or not. And it needs to be in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And, you know, it, it's there's certain things that I wish you could watch more of, um, per se, like the world juniors was extraordinarily hard for me to watch don't have nhl network it was cool that they put it on the nhl network but i don't have it so being able to watch it was uh very difficult for me in that way so if there's any way for us to be able to see more hockey um i i know it's not particularly the same as canada where you can turn on the tv and watch hockey at any time of any day um and, and it's, you know, it's getting better, too, at least in the state of Arizona. Now that we have an NCAA team, you can watch um, some ASU games, not all ASU games. Um, so that that kind of helps as well. But I really just I if what you're saying is true, what they're thinking about doing, where they're thinking about splitting it to where there's half rights, that that might help because then at least you could watch half those games that are on. If you can't get one or the other, you can watch all the ones that are on that one. But um, yeah, anything that's going to get more people to to watch the sport, I always think is a good thing. Yeah, we're both in agreement on that one. What was the other thing you had in mind before we get to the Coyotes? Oh, yes. The other thing I had in mind um, that I wanted to bring up was something that um, took Twitter a storm uh, yesterday, which is the fact that you can now watch Women's National Hockey League on um, on Twitch, and they were showing um, a bunch of games on there yesterday, and everyone was watching it. It got a pretty great viewership. Of I, I remember looking at the stat yesterday, and of course, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the, it got quite a few streams of people watching it so um i I didn't get the chance to watch it yesterday but you did so i kind of wanted to to see how you enjoyed watching it i think it's really cool that um you know they're providing a way for these teams to be seen because that was part of the issue is there was no way to really watch these games except for in person and and they had decent turnout in person but it it's hard to grow something if you can't watch it live um without having to actually be there yeah they started streaming on twitch uh, last season and it had pretty good success and it's even better this year and i think you're right i think somewhere in the neighborhood of like eighty thousand people cumulative turned in tuned in to watch watch the games yesterday at least some of them and uh and the broadcast quality is really good um, 
the cool thing about it is through Twitch, you can essentially donate subscriptions to the channel, basically. And it's like five bucks a month. And a lot of that money goes straight towards the player. So it's a good way of, of funding the league that way. And JT Brown, former NHL player, he's going to be playing overseas coming this coming up this season. He just signed a deal with a, a European team. He showed up at one point, tuned in, and donated something like uh, 71 subscriptions to to people uh, that were watching, which is great. And, th- and what that allows you, not only is that donating, again, $5 for each subscription, a lot of that money is going to go straight to the players, but it also allows others on, in the community to get more perks too, like you know, uh, ad-free viewing, uh, the ability to, to participate in the, in the subscriber-only chat, and just help grow the community as a whole. The hockey was was really fun to watch. I was the game I watched was Minnesota and Boston, and that game was really fun. It was a goaltending extravaganza battle, and uh, Minnesota ended up coming up coming out on top in that game and uh, kind of um, getting a little bit of revenge over the the Boston Pride who had beat them in the previous season. That was actually originally supposed to be the Isabel Cup final for the NWHL last season before it got canceled. And so uh, Minnesota got the win there and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. They did it again on Sunday. Um, Congratulations to the Toronto six who were the brand new expansion team in the NWHL. And they're the only team from Canada now in the league. And people were tuning in just because of that. And uh, yeah, it's a great community that they're growing. I think the sports on that league is only going to grow with, with it, and you know, we were talking about NBCSN just now. The semifinals and finals of the Isabel Cup are going to be on national television for the first time ever. They're going to be on NBCSN, and everybody can tune in and watch. And I can't wait for that um, because uh, the NWHL has a lot of talented players in the league. That's so awesome. I mean, you have to you have to feel like this has been a pretty awesome couple months, at least from our standpoint. In the fact that, you know, now that Lindsey Fry is now um, the color commentator for the Coyotes and that um, the NWHL has gotten so much hype um, this this season in particular. Um, and the fact that, you know, that they're actually going to get national coverage. It's it's slow. It's not there yet, but it's slowly getting there. And it's great to see it become so much more prominent and um it's great to basically show uh, all of those girls out there that there is a viable um, place for them to go if they want to play um, professional hockey. So that is really cool. And it's um, not something that women really get to um, aspire to because of the fact that there just isn't as many uh, professional women's leagues in sports as there are for men. So it's really cool that this is the the direction that everything's going in and uh, we couldn't be any prouder and we're going to continue to support all of that as we go. And, and thank you, Richie, for all the information on that. He is my, um, he is my snap stat man. He remembers everything in his head of number wise that I can't remember because it goes in one ear and out the other. I don't know why, but um, 
Moving on to some Coyotes hockey, your Coyotes sadly um, did not get to the point where we predicted they would be in this four game series or were hoping that they would be because of the fact that we were hoping that they would make it a 50 50 split um, this game to because we're recording on Sunday. Um, I was really hoping they could make it to at least getting one point. It was such a tight, tight game, and it, and it was very defensive throughout all of it. And it's very hard for the Coyotes to keep up those games uh, stamina-wise because of the fact that there was a lot of one and done and just a lot of back and forth. There also was a ton of offensive time for Vegas and, you know, as much as you can love and adore Darcy Kemper for what he does, um, you have to commend them for clogging up some of those lanes and um, really helping him out in that regard. And the fact that there was a lot of offensive time spent and there was, there probably would have been a lot more shots on net if it wasn't for each of the players really kind of like laying themselves out on the line, especially towards the beginning of this game. Um, but you started to see them slowly start to peter out in the second half of each period from the second period to the third period, they would start out strong and start to kind of peter out. And you, you have to wonder what this team is going to look like at the second half of the season, because if they are going to treat the season the same way that they treat a game, if they start losing stamina towards the end, given this was a, the fourth game, of four games against Vegas, who is a very fast and very hard hitting team and is extremely aggressive with everything they do. So you have to wonder how exhausted these guys were. And I I'm just really sad that, you know, 42 seconds more and they would have had one extra point in there uh, under their belt. So I, I'm really just kind of sad that that 42 seconds couldn't just have gone a little bit faster. I'm just glad that we don't have to play Vegas again until April. That'll be a nice break. I mean, I, my nerves were so shot today. It's not even funny. Like it was funny. Cause I started taking notes towards the beginning of it. Right. Cause I like to take some notes to remember some certain things from each game and stuff like that. And, um, it requires me to be kind of a little bit more laid back about it. And, you know, I'd, I pointed out that um, the, there was a Vegas penalty in the first, there was a Vegas penalty in the offensive zone that led to um, the Yotes power play. And that really gave them some momentum um, going into a long time without a stoppage of play. There was only uh, six whistles up until the seven twelve point. So, um, it, and it was just really fast. And so during that, I was I was actually writing down notes. I don't have any notes after that because I slowly started to get more and more anxious. As the Coyotes don't look like they're keeping up as well, I start to get worried because of the fact that Vegas is so aggressive that they're going to panic and make dumb mistakes they kept themselves in there pretty strong throughout the entire game, which is impressive in its own, but um, it's, it's still scary to see this team in those situations because of the fact that they, they can't really 
stay up with that well. Like I was saying before, it's not really their forte because of the fact that they don't have the stamina to stay that high pressure for a full 60 minutes. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch the game on Sunday. I was uh, I was a little busy, but so the only the only thing I, I saw was the controversy at the end of the game. Uh, and other than that, I just saw some statistics that the Coyotes only had 16 shots on goal in a 60-minute hockey game. That's not good. Uh, they got dominated in every facet in terms of your possession statistics, your Corsi, your Fenwick, your expected goals for percentage things like that. It You just look at the stats and of course Vegas won the game. So I didn't even have to watch the game to tell you that, you know, maybe they, the way they played defensively, they earned a point. But in my opinion, if you do not score a single goal and you only put up 16 shots total, you, you don't deserve much when it comes to the NHL. Granted. Yeah, sure. They played really well defensively and they, and Darcy Kemper played green, only gave up one goal. But if you're not scoring at the NHL level, you don't deserve a whole heck of a lot of great things to happen to you. I tweeted this out after the game, after I was kind of reading some stuff about the game, and I was basically like, listen, you create your own luck, and the Coyotes created their own luck with some of their offensive struggles on Sunday. And, you know, some would say that at the end of the game, that's kind of what happened, in my opinion. It's like, they Coyotes created that opening for Vegas to take advantage of that, you know, that goal basically. And, um, and I don't know if you want to dive into that right now, Corey, but again, I didn't watch the game live. So I, I had to digest a bunch of this afterwards and um, the guys from the Vegas Golden Knights podcast, the weekly nightly, they pointed this out to me Um especially uh, Andrew from the, that podcast, he po- he literally brought out the rule to, to Twitter. And let me read the rule for you here, because by the letter of the rule, it says this, for the purpose of this rule, the point of last contact with the puck by the team in possession shall be used to determine whether icing has occurred or not. As such, the team in possession must quote, gain the line in order for icing to be nullified. Gaining the line shall mean that the puck, while on the player's stick, not on the player's skate, must make contact with the center red line in order to nullify a potential icing. And he followed that up with some screenshots of that particular play. And you have to, like, micro-zoom in to see it. And so, but if you look at a couple of these screenshots... I think at least it's pretty clear that the puck was still on the stick while it was on on the red line. And so if you go by the letter of the law there, in my opinion, I don't think the play was icing. I'm fine with the fact that the referees made the no call. I'm fine that they let them play through. Because in those situations like that, I'd rather the players dictate what happens instead of the referees. And I think that's what the referee was doing there. He was letting the players dictate what happened in the final minute of the game. We've seen dump-ins very similar like that pretty much in every NHL game. That's what that was. I didn't like what the Coyotes did defensively on that. I, I thought they honestly stopped playing because they just took for granted. That was an icing call. Jacob Chikrin took a really weird route to the puck. He took a backwards route instead of just skating straight with 
Um, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights player there, I believe, it was Mark Stone. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but um, and then if you watch Clayton Keller on that play too, stop skating. Clayton Keller completely stopped skating on that play, and he got beat by William Carlson to the front of the net. For- who were you? Wait, were you were you saying? Were you saying who who grabbed the puck along the boards? Yes, that was Marcia. Okay, it was Marcia. Thank you. Um, but yeah, there were just a myriad of reasons for that. And my last point on this before I get your take on this, because I might be crazy. I don't know. I wasn't watching the game live again. So my emotion, I feel like my emotional level has been taken out of it. So I was able to just see what I saw post game. Um, Rick Tockett had some quotes about this. Uh, I'm reading these quotes courtesy of Craig Morgan and, uh, Rick Tockett said this. Um, Rick Tockett noted that Von Rota is an experienced lineman. It was just human error. He also stressed the importance of playing to the whistle, especially with under a minute left in the t- in a tie game. Can't let human error decide the game. And that's where I'm at on this is, is the Coyotes just didn't finish the play. And you got to finish the play. You got to play the whistle. Jacob Trickern apparently said that he never heard the uh, – the, uh, um, Linesman call call it off as being uh, no icing. That's what he said, according to him. But again, I'm fine with the no call. There are a lot of Kyrie's fans that are pissed off at the, about this, but I'm fine with the referee making the decision he made there. And I, I don't think that singular call and that singular play is essentially why the Coyotes lost the game. They had 59 minutes and 20 other seconds of that game to decide it for themselves, and they didn't do it because they didn't score a goal. So this doesn't happen very often on our show. It's very, very few and far between that this happens, but I I completely disagree with Richie on every aspect of basically, except for a couple of basically of what he just said. And, and, And I'm saying this like, in the nicest way possible, Richie, but I absolutely disagree. So um, on the aspect of the game in itself, um, I I really thought it's it's funny. Like, yes, there are plenty of things that the Coyotes could have worked on in this game, but I was more impressed that in the fourth game against, uh, against the Knights that they were able to hang in to this game because as much as they weren't able to score and you need to, you need to score when you are in the NHL. It was more impressive to me that they were in this type of defensive game, which they actually were able to hold on to for one and two were able to, you know, not, they've made some stupid decisions throughout the game, but not to the point where it was the same type of frustrated stupidity that they get into. Um, uh, Richie and I had gone on um, the the Ducks podcast on THPN, and um, that that should also be coming out today. So go listen to that. But um, in it, what they had asked us, what should the Ducks do in order to um, try and beat the Coyotes? And one of the things that Richie said was that uh, to try and um, not allow the Coyotes to score, and because when they don't score, they get frustrated, and then they become they make stupid decisions. And I that wasn't necessarily what happened in this game. Is they actually didn't do what their initial thing is, which is you know breaking down, getting frustrated for one, but for two, they also have this um, 
this this ability to just give up they start to they don't like the fact that it's gotten to be such a hard game or a game that they're behind on and they start to kind of just crumble and this time i didn't see them crumble they actually stood up well against the knights and like i said they're the level started to peter off and i wasn't necessarily sure that it was because of of mental issues as much as literally just a lack of talent and a lack of ability to keep up what they had been doing previously so um from that regard i actually thought there were a fair amount of good takeaways um i think there were probably just as many good takeaways from this game as there were bad um believe me there are plenty of things that the coyotes could have done better in this game they could have made a lot of better decisions um they they should have not given up so many things and they could have had a a shit ton more of offensive zone time i will absolutely not deny that in no way shape or form um am i going to deny that but i i do think there were a lot of good takeaways from this game um as for the icing call i don't think and and um i'm going to and I, I love the guys at Vegas Nightly, and I don't think the way that they've been attacked on, on Twitter was was right at all. Um, and I'm not saying that they, this is coming from them, so that's why I wanted to preface this before. But, like, the other people, I was reading through a bunch of different people online. Um, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't – we're not saying – I'm not saying it's them because Richie had mentioned that of them earlier. I was, uh, some people from Vegas were saying that – it was clear as day that it wasn't icing. I think that's fucking bullshit. Like, absolutely fucking bullshit. Because of the fact that when I watched it the first time, the second time, the third time, and the fourth time, I thought it was icing. So if I watched it four times through, and 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 given, yes, I know um, there are plenty, just as much as people wanted to rip on them and say that, you know, they don't know hockey because um, they're from Vegas. Uh, I'm... I'm a I'm a female and I'm from Arizona, so I, I know that shit will always come back at me. But um, that clearly, he skated back. He didn't even really have he didn't have forward momentum coming into it, and he had cleared from what I could see, given Dvorak was in front of him. He cleared that before he got to the red line. I have seen the um, the photos. Or at least one of the photos that you had quote tweeted, and I that is so highly circumstantial to me in the fact that um, it looks like a black blob, and it's hard because there's a black tape on a on his on the blade. So um, for me, that's really difficult for that to be um, definite evidence. I I'm not. I also said to um, our friend on um on vegas nightly i also said on there um to andrew that i also will not die on this hill though because i can't say for an absolute 100 percent certainty that it was icing because there is there is evidence that it may not have been but regardless of all of this it is very true that in the nfl or the nfl in the nhl that um they will let you play through a lot of times. And it's just kind of a tendency that they have when it is close in those situations because of the fact of they just would rather you have it play it out. And so in that situation, there is a, an assumption there that they may just let them play it out when it is that close. Um, as for Chikorin, I, I think 
there's a few things that kind of fucked him there. One, the fact that he actually heard people yelling icing. Um, I mean, Kemper's hand was up as he was calling icing. I'm sure the entire bench was screaming icing at him. He never heard, um, he never heard it get called off. So that really kind of sucks for Chikrin and the fact that you're playing, you're, if you're going in for icing, you are playing that puck completely differently. You are just coming in trying to be the first guy there and your positioning doesn't matter to you as much. But as a person that always has the two sides of devil's advocate and basically everything in life, it almost gets actually a little bit exhausting. I can also understand that. And I had thought this in the, when this first happened was why didn't you still play that puck? You still should have played that puck just in case, even if you were assuming it was icing, you should have just still played it. There was 42 seconds left in that game. There's no harm, no foul, and still trying to play that properly because of the fact that you just needed to get through through 42 more seconds. And so if you need to put that extra effort in to get there first and play that puck correctly and be in a much better position, then I you that's the way you should have done it. And I can but I can understand where his frustration lies as well. Um, because of the fact that him coming into that. Um, and you know, you never know to, um, if it was just, um, his bench or if it was also some of the Vegas guys yelling icing too, to try and throw, um, throw him off as well. That that's, it's wouldn't be the first time that's ever happened. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying that, that, that is always a possibility. I do say in the same regard that he should have played it much better than he did and to not ever relax until you actually hear a fucking whistle and and but you could definitely tell by the look on a lot of people's faces not just chicken but um darcy kemper too was not ready for that he was once he started to see that that play was actually developing he then got into position but he was not ready for um that play to develop the way it did um, I think it's a very shitty situation in a game that I think the Coyotes deserved with the way that they were playing and the way that they held up in that game. They definitely deserved to get that one point. I definitely don't think they deserved to get two. So that is my very right down the middle of it. Um, they deserve something for it, not everything. And um, I am also in the middle on the icing thing. I don't think it's as clear as, as day on either side as anyone is saying um, because I, I've seen evidence in the second half of me watching these that go makes me think, you know, it, it's, it's close. And in the end, if they're going to let it play out, they're going to let it play out. But I can understand where the anger is coming from on the Coyote side because if I was the player, if I was the coach in that situation, I would be just as pissed. Yeah, and you know, if you in other sports, in terms of circumstances where plays are reviewed, right, and it's too close, and we see it all the time. We see it in the NFL when it comes to catches. We see it most often in the NHL when it comes to offsides, right, and and things aren't black and white all the time, and a lot of times when something's not clear, you go by what was said on the ice and what was said on the ice in this case was it wasn't an icing. So they played on Coyotes gave up a goal. They got to move on now. 
to Anaheim coming up on Tuesday and Thursday of this week. And then they're back right in the meat grinder again, Corey, to at the beginning of February, two games against St. Louis, two games against Minnesota, two games against Colorado, two more games against St. Louis the first two weeks of February. So just as we think the Coyotes are leaving the meat grinder, they're right back in it. Um, usually we do random shit here at the end of the, the show, Corey, but we are literally out of time. We are completely out of time. We spent way too much time yapping about about the offsides rule, so unfortunately we can't get to random shit on this episode of the show, but we'll do it on Thursday, we promise. I, I had a lot I needed to vent out about that, so sorry everyone for taking up way too much time, but I, I needed to get that off my chest because uh, – I don't know why I was just really like kind of fucking tired of like both sides of it and um, needed to throw my two cents in there. And I feel like I'm on an island by myself, but that's okay. That's it's, uh, it's okay. It's totally okay. That's why we're, that's why we're all fans of the sport. In my opinion, we didn't even talk about the game on Friday night, which was terrific for the Coyotes and a really terrific effort scoring five goals against the golden Knights. Um, but overall, in the four games, at least they were competitive, and that that is usually a good thing as the Coyotes move on to playing some uh, some lesser opponents, I guess, because the, the Golden Knights again they're Stanley Cup contenders. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie. Do you have any last words? Be kind to people, um, whether it's online or in person. Just always be nice to each other, and uh, you know, have a good week, everybody. Good night. And good hockey, everybody.